Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm a hungover Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be following up on our Attack on Titan episode, and we'll be discussing the final few episodes of the part two to season four, which is not the final part. There's going to be more. I'm upset. We'll talk about it. But yes, that will be coming up shortly. Let's start off with some uh, some hot news coming in. We have more Will Smith slap updates. He has apologized to specifically Chris Rock, finally, in an Instagram post. He says something to the effect of that he's sorry for his behavior and that he should not have slapped Chris Rock and that he regrets it. And then uh, Jada Pinkett Smith followed it up with, uh, I don't need a man to defend me. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like everyone can shit on Will Smith right now except for her. I just, something about it didn't feel right. I was like, ah, I don't like it coming from you. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Also, so was that, was that like a rumor or a report? Because it certainly wasn't an official statement she made. So do you know what source that came from where she said the. That wasn't an official statement? I doubt it. There's no way. (laughs) There's no way. I mean, the publicists for the Smith family have to be tearing their hair out right now, but there's no way that they would allow jada pinkett smith to publicly comment on the slap and do so in any way that is not supportive of will smith so it would have had to be somebody saying oh we've heard jada pinkett smith saying this like to her friends or whatever there's no way she put out like an instagram statement or tweeted it or had a video for it there's just no way are you fact checking right now i am fact checking right now i know that i mean she said some pretty Horrible things about Will Smith in the past as well. I mean, that's just true. like off the cuff. Like I was like reading up uh, a bunch of it <laughs> earlier today and it made me so sad for Will Smith. Yeah. They definitely need to uh, figure out their relationship. And Will Smith might need to exit it to be happy again. But mm-hmm. yes, there was... It's funny that we're recording this like so long after the whole thing happened. When we did record it, he didn't apologize yet. But then the very next mm-hmm. day, or I think that same night, he recorded that previous show the day after the Oscars. Yeah, because I, I, I remember uh, I looked at my phone after we were done recording and he had apologized. I went, shit, yeah. we, we could, I should have, if only I looked at my phone while we could have we broke the news. Yeah, live. live. Yeah, well, not live, but yeah. Well, yeah, for the episode that gets uploaded two weeks later, is it out yet? No, <laughs> it will be by the time you listen to this episode, the other one will be out. Who knows when that will be? The Will Smith discourse has gone through like eight rounds at this point. It's yeah. crazy because we also have other updates, such as the fact that he has resigned from the Academy and the Academy. Also, they got together and they were like, how do we deal with this situation? And they have come to a decision. Will Smith is banned from any Academy event the next 10 years so he will not be presenting the best actress oscar next year i think yeah. it'd be funny if they had chris rock come and do it that would <laughs> that would be, be amazing 
And then whoever wins the award just goes up and slaps them. <laughs> That'd be great. Truly. In other good. news, Ezra Miller has been arrested in, what was it, Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently he grabbed the mic from a woman who was doing karaoke because he was annoyed by the karaoke. And then he lunged at a guy who was playing darts. And the police said, you can't do that. And I guess he was probably drunk. Yeah. Well, that's another very troubled Hollywood individual. Uh, Ezra Miller got arrested like a year ago or two years ago, two years ago. Something to do with also, I think, in a karaoke bar. He choked out a woman. No, it was outside long. somewhere. Because there was, was a outside. video of him choking a woman. Yeah, which is insane. And well, there so, might be two separate events. I have no idea. Maybe he just really hates karaoke. <laughs> Apparently. He needs to stop going to the karaoke bars. My parents were killed in a karaoke bar. Can't handle it. Um, but yeah, and then uh, there's another report, which I think is also insane. Of Apparently, he went to someone's bedroom. And I was trying to figure out if they meant like hotel room or somebody's actual house into their bedroom. And stole their passport and wallet. The couple placed a restraining order. I think they have now since gotten rid of that restraining order. Like they're like, oh, we don't need any more. So I don't know what's going on with that situation. That's great. But, I didn't hear about that one. Yeah. But Ezra Miller certainly up to some crazy behavior. And Warner Brothers, <laughs> I mean, Ezra Miller is starring in the new Fantastic Beasts, mo- Fantastic Beasts movie that is coming out this next week. And he's, of course, the star of The Flash. So, and they're like writing the whole DCEU on that film now. And yet, this actor probably will not be able to, I mean, I don't know, unless they get him help soon. It seems like this will keep happening and it'll just be a massive PR yeah. disaster. And they'll have I think to they, get rid of him. They put, uh, there's rumors that they're putting all of future projects that Ezra Miller was supposed to be a part of on hold until they can either fire him or do something different. Right. Which is he is kind of crazy, yeah. So hopefully that gets resolved. There's definitely a lot of issues going on there. Yep. Also related to Warner Brothers, we have the Warner Media Discovery deal. It is now closed. It's official. Warner Media is a part of Discovery, and many of the Warner Media executives got the boot. They got fired, fired in the transition. So we will large have large severance packages. One can assume. Yes, indeed. So Just we will have fattening to the pockets of the bourgeoisie. Okay. Sorry. Hungover Dylan is throwing in some political commentary out here. Yeah, when I'm hungover, I become a Marxist. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will have to see over the next year or two how this deal is going to change the direction of Warner Brothers properties, like the Wizarding World, DCEU, all that other stuff, HBO Max. Hopefully, they will try to expand it globally because I don't know why they're not doing it. Big missed opportunity. So hopefully, they will jump on that. And hopefully, they keep it HBO Max. I don't want no Discovery Plus or whatever or HBO Max Discovery Plus thing. No, just keep it HBO Max. Put all the Discovery stuff on there. That's by far the stronger brand. So, Yeah. Nobody wants Discovery Plus. There's a lot of pluses. Disney Plus, Paramount Plus. Kind of Apple stupid. TV Plus, yeah. Ah, disgusting. What a bunch of what a bunch of unoriginals. In other news, very very sad news, Bruce Willis has officially retired from acting after his diagnosis with aphasia, which is a brain disorder affecting his speech. It's very sad, and he'll be 
sorely missed from the big screen. Did you see the uh, the controversy over that with uh, what is it? The, the Razzies. The Razzies, yeah. Yeah. I did see it, that. It is funny that they had a worst Bruce Willis movie category for the year because he made six movies that year and they were all bad. Yeah. That's amazing. That's very true. But now we know why. He was grinding so hard. He was trying to yeah. get all that retirement money while he could. Um, and I think the Razzies, I mean, they handled that well. They were like, we're going to retire the category. We didn't mean any disrespect to Bruce Willis. Like, we just thought it was a funny thing. We had no idea that he was struggling with this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought they, they also did said, a good job. They also said, uh, instead of having a problem with us for commenting on his bad movies, you should have a problem with the people who allowed him to continue making those bad movies, despite his diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, you could make the argument that I mean, he's willingly doing that, and they were. I, I doubt they knew the extent of like his diagnosis or whatever, and they were just excited to work with Bruce Willis on a project. Who would? But anyhow, yeah, sad to see him go from the industry like that. But hopefully, he will live out the rest of his life very comfortably. Probably for sure. Yeah, and finally, we have news about Disney Plus. One of the pluses. The Percy Jackson series that they are doing now has its lead, who is Walker Scobell. That is the kid that played the young Ryan Reynolds in the time travel movie, The How Adam Project, on Netflix. How old is he? How old is he? He's like, I don't know, 13. I like, yeah, I feel like he was very young. I guess Percy Jackson is a young character. That's true. And if they're doing a series, yeah, it makes sense that they want to like age him up because Logan was pretty old when he did it that's true oh I guess I'm excited it's worth a shot you guess (laughs) I don't know I'm not like the biggest Percy Jackson fan I read like the first two or three books I think Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't really like the movie when it came out and I really hated the second movie when it came out (laughs) and uh, I don't know I guess I'll give it another shot see if I like it I mean I've liked at least mildly, all of the other Disney Plus original shows that I've seen. Right. So hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. Definitely it has more involvement from Rick Riordan, the author, which the movies did not. So if it has his seal of approval, I think they'll definitely get it more right this time. We'll see Mm -hmm. if it's actually able to succeed, but I think it will. I mean, it's got a, a lot of people are already hyped for it because of the fact that he's attached. And it's a more faithful adaptation. Like they're going to have a series so they can really dig into all the stuff that the books went into. And also, I think it's funny that because of the whole J.K. Rowling thing, uh, Percy Jackson is now the like the middle grade young adult fantasy books that people are able to love without feeling shame because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no terrible author attached to it anymore. Yeah. So, Hopefully. Rest in peace, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Or not. Her reputation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that'll be able to give all the homeless Harry Potter fans who are now sad to be a part of that, like, fandom. Mm-hmm. They can go to this new Percy Jackson series. And hopefully Yay. it'll be great. Percy Jackson. Now let's do the box office breakdown for the weekend of April 8th to the 10th. Coming in first place, not surprisingly. The Jim Carrey smash hit, Sonic 2, his final film, $72 million. 
that beat the $58 million opening of the first Sonic, which was released just before the pandemic and is the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. Indeed. Beating out the first Sonic to take that title. Nice. So good for Sonic. They did, did you it. go see Sonic 2? I sure did. Did you like it? I did. Well, it was definitely part of the experience. I think if you go in, you're able to just joke around with the movie as well. Sure. It's a lot better. And yeah. our theater going experience was like that. So it was great. There is also, I don't want to spoil it. You should definitely go see Sonic 2. There's a <laughs> a move that Jim Carrey does that's an all-timer. It's just hilarious. So you got to go in and see that. It's his farewell move. <laughs> yeah, you got to go see his farewell movie until yeah. Sonic 3 when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Paramount honestly extra gold with that Sonic franchise. Who would have thought it when the trailer first dropped, it was the laughing stock of the internet because of how Sonic looked back then. Oh God, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It was just so bad. It was terrible. It was horrible. Nightmare fuel. And then they were able to change it. And then they released the movie right before the pandemic. They were able to make the money. Mm. Now, at the end of the pandemic, they have Sonic 2 coming out. And it's another smash hit. And they've done a good job of being able to escalate the movies and bring in more of the lore, the Sonic lore. Uh, so they'll definitely be able to, I mean, they already announced they're going to go for a third. Nice. And they're going to probably be able to go for a fourth or fifth, to be honest. Jesus. So Just keep pumping them out, huh? Exactly. It's the most successful video game franchise so far. Yep. So good for them. No, yeah, coming in second place was Jared Leto's not so smash hit Morbius. <laughs> that is, it made ten point two million, which is a seventy four percent drop. That is the second worst drop for a comic book movie ever. The worst drop is Steel, starring Shaquille O'Neal. There you go. The Navy Seal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So Morbius massive drop. That is. Staggering, seventy-four percent drop. Not good at all for Sony. Good nope. thing they have all that Spider-Man money. Yep. But their little Spider-Man universe that they're trying to spin off here. Bad. Not going well. Nope. Never has. Sony's really, really bad at that. Yeah. They've always had problems. The Lost City comes in third place with nine million. Ambulance. After that, with 8.7 million, that is the Michael Bay R-rated film starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who has taken hostage people in an ambulance. Uh, I guess so. We have the Batman, 6.4 million for this weekend. It has hit 358 domestic and 736 worldwide. Let's go. Those are good numbers. Fat, fat numbers. Everything, everywhere, all at once made six million in only one thousand two hundred and fifty theaters. Did you see it, Ryan? I did not. You should. I saw it again. So I've really? Seen it, I've seen it twice now, and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna. I'll probably check it out this weekend. We'll see. But I'm definitely gonna see it at some point. You should. Uncharted with two point six million still hanging in there. Uh, Spider Man No Way Home. 626,000. It is the first time it has been below 1 million, but it is still somehow in our top 10. <laughs> uh, Dog 
with 500,000. I'm sorry, that's not what it says, Brian. <laughs> it does not say dog. What does it say? It says doggy doggy. What now? Yep, there you go. That'll be the if You're going to write it, you're going to say it. <laughs> and then. Mr. Jokester. And, yeah, and rounding out the top 10, Sing 2 with 225,000. However, that's enough to push it across 400 million worldwide. Woo, good job, Sing 2. Not bad for an animated movie. An animated sequel of that. Indeed. Now we have our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend, April 15th to the 17th. Of course, the big thing to look out for is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. The first, Fantastic Beasts, got $74 million in its opening and or $234 million domestic total. The second got $62 million in its opening and $159 million in total. What are your predictions, Ryan? I... I'm going to say around 45 million. I'm going to take the under and say 44 million. <laughs> okay. No, no, I'll say, I'll say like, I'll actually say a little higher probably. I say 47. 47? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. It would be best. great if it, if it were able to get across 50 million. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be disastrous if it had a three in front of it. Like really, three hundred and fifty million would be disastrous, <laughs> right? If it only had two digits and a three yeah. was in front, uh, so yeah, this franchise is definitely on the decline. And they were supposed to make two more after this, but they're gonna have to wait and see if this one's able to make Beast. back their money. Yep. Yeah, before they can continue. So yeah. we will I see how that turns out. I kind of want to see it, but that means I gotta watch the second one because I never watched it. Yeah. And I don't really feel like watching Crimes. I guess I should watch it because I've heard so many bad things about it <laughs> that I should like I should watch that. And I know I know I'm going to watch Fallen Kingdom when Jurassic World is coming out because I haven't seen that either. And I've heard such bad things about both of those movies that I never watched them. But I guess I'm going to have to check them out finally because I do want to see Secrets of Dumbledore and Dominion. Indeed. Yeah, I will not be watching Secrets of Dumbledore, because I haven't seen the first or second Fantastic Beasts. Oh, you should watch the first one. It's honestly not bad. We'll see. From what I remember. I don't At some know, point, we'll time. get around to it, maybe. Yeah. But probably not. Okay. Harry Potter is just so good. Say all what? The, all the Harry Potter movies are just so good. I know. Fantastic Beasts is just so... Bland. Not that. Meh. Meh. Very much so. Yep. All right. Let's move on to... Our main topic, Attack on Titan, Season 4, the final season, Part 2, the back half, which we didn't already talk about in our previous episode. So there were eight episodes left that we mm -hmm. talked about. None of them are the finale finale, which I am sad about, because we were planning this for quite some time. I had on the schedule, we're going to talk about the big finale, mm -hmm. and we were duped. You've been planning this for like a year, and uh I know. Got Fucked. Now we have to wait another year. I can't. Bro, I can't wait for us to do Attack on Titan season four, fight the final season part four. <laughs> they really should they just, just keep, keep continuing. <laughs> just new seasons, but still <laughs> season four. The fog. I just don't understand. And here's what's even crazier. It's gonna be season four part three, which yeah. means they're gonna continue the show. Which They're is not crazy. even doing a movie. That's insane to me. They could have made so much money off of a movie. It absolutely could have. I don't know why they wouldn't go for that. 
There's only, one. Like, there's only like nine chapters left in the manga, right? Yes. And the way they set it up is perfect for a movie. They should have just made it a movie. I but, 100% agree. Oh, well. At least I'll be saving the $12 it would cost me to go see that movie. I guess. But it, it would be... And I don't know. It's like the hype that would be built up if you go in knowing, okay, in this tight two hours, I'm going to see the rest of Attack on Titan. I will know the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like going to that, I would be much more hyped than sitting down and going, okay, I'm going to watch this first episode. And then eight weeks later, I'll have the finale when I watch Bro. another 20 minute installment. They're going to do Attack on Titan season four, part three, and then they're going to leave it on a cliffhanger. There's going to be a movie. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna. Oh die my god, if that, that would be genius. No, and then and then it ends in 2024. I would jump off a cliff. Yeah, you probably would, and I would watch you do it. Man, that'd be crazy. Yeah, but there's just no way because there's not enough material left. So I don't know why they didn't just decide they just, to streamline just a new arc. Just add more material. They just do it. Why not? The writer comes back. He's Yama. He's like, guys, we're going to. We got a spinoff coming. So let's talk about it. These final few episodes. First of all, what's your overall thoughts? Did you enjoy the twists and turns and where it took it in these final few episodes? Um, kind of. Eh. It was a lot of character journeys and not a lot of like big plot depth. It was just kind of setting up like the big events that are going to happen in part three. Because mm-hmm. we have that whole beginning of part two where it's just a huge battle in Shiganshima and them trying to stop Aaron and uh, Zeke from coming in contact with each other. Like that whole thing takes a, uh, like a long time, several very, very good episodes that started it out that we already kind of talked about. Then after that's done, it definitely shifts more into just like, okay, he's a big worm and he's on his way out. What are we going to do now? And then the rest of the season is them just kind of like planning on what to do, dealing with the consequences of their actions and what they're going to have to do in order to to get through. And there's like parts that work for me and parts that don't because it just kind of slows down sometimes and gets very, 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 very slow. But I do like uh, a lot of the personal journeys that a lot of the characters have to take. I don't think we talked about Connie yet trying to feed Falco to his mother. Because I don't think we had watched that episode at the time. But uh, I like that journey that he has to go through. Though that's still like impacting his life because they couldn't get rid of her. So they just built a house around <laughs> her to feed her. And, mm-hmm. and he struggles with the fact that she is like unsavable. And like he has a solution and he just he just breaks and he can't like hold it back anymore. And then there's the whole moral dilemma of them having to kill all of the... Uh, people who had drank the wine and got turned into monsters. We might have talked about that part already. Yeah. Yeah, I think we did. But Rip Commander picks his. Um, and then what's better is like comparing that to like the moral dilemma they have later when they're at the docks and they have to kill their friends because they are the Jaegerists and they have to get through them. And like there's nothing else they can do. Yeah. And that moral dilemma that Connie has is very, very good. Indeed. When he has so... to shoot the two guys. True. Also, man, Armin was looking rough when he got shot. <laughs> I know. Ooh. They love doing he loves making these characters like shooting Aaron's head off and then having bullet holes all throughout Armin, like through his face, through his cheek. I'm like, good yeah. God. 
just likes making like, the characters look Armin, you doing up. good? You, you don't look too good, buddy. <laughs> you did not look too good. Um, but yeah, to talk about the first little Connie subplot story, I was not too big a fan of the trying to feed Falco to his mother bit. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, in the grand scheme of things, like the world is ending, the whole rumbling just started, and that's when he decides this is the most opportune time. Like, I guess it can be a very stressful environment. And he's like, oh, I want to go see my mom again, like actually be able to see her. But it just mm-hmm. felt like this diversion to stop us from immediately pursuing Aaron. So that was like, that was initially why I didn't like it too much because it was stalling the momentum. Mm-hmm. And then I just, again, I don't really, obviously Connie comes around and he's like, oh, I want to be a good soldier. This is not what a soldier does. And he feels bad about himself for sealing Falco and trying to do it. But I'm like, would he really have gotten that far? Like, was he really about to feed his child? And he was getting pretty to close, the Titan bro. mother that he He's hasn't like, seen in hey. years anyway that they should have killed. I don't know why they kept the Titan alive. Yeah, I don't know. He was like, hey, Falco, come up this ladder with me. Let's go uh, feed this Titan. It's a good question. I don't know why they just built a house around it instead of. I bet Connie requested that they didn't kill him. Kill I suppose, but again, that's like a hazard. Like you don't just leave that around. It I mean, also it can't move. also you know what they're probably doing like experiments, seeing how they could possibly turn people back. Maybe, but because I I feel like there would be people who would be like, okay, we have a Titan that cannot move physically at all. We could do experiments on it, see if we can change it back into a human, and if it can, then we've solve the titan crisis sure and so they're like probably trying to but unsuccessfully yeah my but at, at that point i mean it had been four years since the ending of the previous season and aaron at that point like he has unlocked all of his memories and whatnot i feel like if there were an answer he would have already conveyed that but there's no answer there's no way to turn him back as far as we know so that also seems weird that you would want your mom to suffer for four years as a titan a brainless flesh-eating titan instead of just putting her out of her misery but yeah that also seemed like a weird decision but i guess i mean everyone is different i suppose but i don't know it seemed like it was a little bit contrived and then it just made me like connie less which yeah is i can understand that um but again like he comes around and he realizes oh that was wrong and i like the fact that he went to save Armin and that was how he had to stop his whole shenanigans mm-hmm. was saving his comrade. So I like seeing I how like the stress of that intense situation kind of affects everybody because they're in one minute, they're like fighting to save the world. And then the next minute they see a vision of Aaron saying, I'm going to kill everybody. Like their friends saying, I'm going to commit mass, mass genocide. And so it's like interesting to see them deal with that. Uh, that intense of a revelation and seeing him turn into that big worm thing. <laughs> and I guess this is just Connor's reaction. He's like, everyone's going to die. Nothing matters anymore. I might as well save my mom while I can. But then even then, I just don't get it. Then that would be like condemning your mom as well to only living the 13 years. So you're going to lose you're, her in that amount of time. You're trying anyway. to come at this too rationally. You're acting like he's a rational person at this moment. And he's not. What he I'm does is that. very irrational, and that's like the point, because it's a reaction to a very stressful situation. Again, I agree. I'm just saying everything that we have seen up to that point, it's like, boy, 
because he was rational. He saw Sasha get shot right in front of him, and he tried to stop the people from kicking the kid, I believe, if I remember correctly. Like, he was trying to say, hey, stop attacking these kids that just shot one of the most important people in my life. So like we've seen him deal with stressful situations and act at least somewhat rationally to the point where he's not trying to be a murderer of children. And now he was trying to feed Falco in this elaborate plot to I take would him argue all the way he's, I would argue he's pushed to his, uh, his limits at this point. Again, as, I, as all the characters are. I mean, I agree. It's all a very stressful thing, but I'm just saying overall, like I had good points to it, but I don't know as a way to, Hey, let's further flesh out Connie. I can appreciate the idea of doing that and giving a side character more to do. But the particular way they went about it, I just didn't click with me entirely. Um, I guess. I did like the Armin in that thing where earlier in the episode with Mikasa as well, he had said something about, oh, I know now that I was the wrong choice. It should have been Erwin. That was so sad. That was sad, yeah. That was like heartbreaking to see. Um, but yeah, then later on, with them at the docks, as you brought up, Armin and Connie, they have to kill their old scout buddies. Again, the thing that I would have wished we had that would have made that more effective, it was already gut-wrenching like the end. Like they did a great job voice acting that because you can feel the pain in Connie's scream when he has to do it. But we have no attachment to those characters. Yeah. Like I don't know if we've ever even seen them before. Probably. So I wish they would have spent more time, and this is my also big criticism of the first season, is we didn't get enough time to actually see these characters together as scout trainees. Most of it comes through flashbacks. And it's like, oh, it's bittersweet thinking back on how they used to be. But we never really got to see them in that mm -hmm. used-to-be state when they were actually yeah. friends instead of sure. enemies. So I wish they would have been able to flesh out a little more of these like other scout side characters. And then it truly pains us when they have to shoot them. We're like sad for sure that they have to do it and it breaks their heart, but we're not also torn by the fact like, Oh, they were our comrades too. Like we didn't feel that attachment with them. Yeah. I just always identified them as like flock followers and like, just didn't like them anyway. Yeah. But I, but then like they got there and I was like, Oh, I can understand the pain of having to kill them in order to save the world. It's like true. that was the first time I felt bad about them possibly dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one other really interesting thing that they did with all those Jaegerist scouts is we see Reiner and Ani transform and now they're destroying these scouts left and right. And it's mirror imaging to what happened in season one and season two when they're destroying all the scouts and we hated them for it because those were our comrades. Those were the people that were fighting to save the world and stop these attackers. Yeah. Now it's Reiner and Ani that are destroying the people that are wearing the same cloaks, the same clothes as our scouts mm -hmm. that we used to be rooting for. Yeah. So like that was a very interesting way that they flipped it. Of course, I mean, it's justified now because all those Jaegerists know what they're doing. They know that they're fighting for genocide. They're like choosing to do that. Whereas before all the scouts were defending their home against what they saw as attackers who were in fact attacking them. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, but the fact that the images are still the same and it's calling back to those moments in season one and two, when we saw them purely as villains and now they are fighting the villains. That's really mm. cool. I really yeah. love the way they did that. I can dig it. 
indeed. Uh, what about some other things? We had Falco's transformation into a Titan. My yeah. man's a bird. Yeah, it's cool. He's a he big old cool. falcon. I dig it. I think he looks wicked. He does look wicked. Do you think that in our previous episode when we had Brandon on, we were talking about the whole Falco's line about mm-hmm. oh, I was flying around. Is that still connected to the scouts, do you think? Like their ODM gear? Or is he talking about his big old wings that he has in Titan form? That's a very good question. And I I do not have an answer. You'll have to see. I think it'd be funny if they just gave him they should give him Titan sized ODM gear. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just start flying around. That would be I great. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> They'll figure out a way. Hanji can do it. Yeah. She can invent stuff. She can. It'd be funny. I mean, they've already fit out gear for like the car Titan. Exactly. So they can do anything. They've done it before. Uh, another interesting thing was Ani's return. She's yeah. Woken up from her chrysalis slumber. It's so funny when they run into Annie. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just eating pie. And then they just laugh at her. Like, they're not even mad. They're not angry with her. They don't want to fight her. She's just eating pie and they laugh at her. And I think that is hilarious. Yeah, that was good for sure. Uh, and then we get to see her complicated relationship with her dad, which is also pretty sad. He yeah. was like making her into a weapon so that he can live a better life. But then once she gets sent away, he's all sad about it and wants her to return home. And that's all she's been trying to do this whole time is just get back to her dad, who is yeah. now more than likely going to get hecked up by the Titans if he didn't already get killed from trying to resist against the soldiers in the Eldian camps. Yep. Fuck them soldiers, bro. They suck. Indeed. So that we'll see how, how that ends up. Uh, but it's also been interesting the way she's been testing Mikasa trying to see if she's willing to go through with it and do what needs to be done in taking out Aaron. Mm-hmm. So that's a fascinating sort of dynamic that they're having. Um, another important thing, one of the episodes, which maybe, I don't know, did you like this one? Because it was a slower one. It was the campfire episode. Oh, I mean, kind of. I like seeing, because that's like the first episode we see all the different factions interact with each other and have that mm-hmm. tension incorporated into their discussions and have like the philosophical debate between Magath and John. And then mm-hmm. Magath later apologizes. Like I, I enjoyed the conversations for sure. Nice. Yeah. I absolutely love episodes like that because just all of them getting together and sharing their experiences and their philosophies and what they think. So it's, you know, it's talking about the major themes of the series that, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about in our own episodes, but now it's, the characters are the ones having that debate. And then it's also all of them unpacking the drama they've gone through, which yeah. are also all the things that they've inflicted on each other. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so cool to get them together and have it play out that way. So yeah. I enjoyed that episode, even though it was definitely a, a slower one. Um, yeah, it also helps unite them and finally become like a full team united against Aaron, which I think is cool. It's very, very true. Yeah, I also love that when all the people that were opposed to each other now have to team up to take down the even bigger, crazier threat. Good stuff. Amazing trope. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, Aaron Yeager. 
Exactly. We also have John, his arc, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. He's not one of my favorite characters at all, like even from season one, which was his most prominent season. Yeah. I was not that big a fan. And not even because he was like sort of positioned as an antagonist to Aaron. I'm just not that drawn into him, but people are fond of him. And I did think he added a really interesting character moment when Flock was trying to get him to say, oh, I'll join you, Jaegerist, by saying, oh, you don't have to fight anymore. Think about it. You can just live a life of luxury, not worry about anything. Isn't that what you wanted to do way back when you were deciding between the scouts and the military police? Mm -hmm. You always wanted to go to that military police and just be able to sit back and not deal with any threats. So I love the way that that was bringing back that element of John in season one. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've seen how much he's grown because he is more than willing to stand up and continue to fight for what he thinks is right, even though it puts him in danger. So that was super cool. Can I just say that when we first met Flock towards the end of season three, I did not think he was going to be this much of a fucking asshole. (laughs) Didn't think he was going to be this fucking annoying. We met him and he was just like the guy who tried to save Erwin. And I was like, wow, even in the face of such fear and such mortal anguish, you still did the right thing. Good work, Flock. And now he's just a fucking dick. I know. I think it's funny that every other character, they try to give them some humanizing moment to make you sympathize with them a little bit. But Flock gets nothing. We're just supposed to hate him and never question it. So it's pretty funny that that happened. But Flock also is dead. As far as we know, he got straight up got. Yeah, who shot him, by the way? Uh, it was Gabby. Okay. I, okay. I, I guess maybe I wasn't paying attention close enough, but that makes sense. Yeah. Gabby, she's got that assassin's bullet. Yeah, killer Always. shot. Yeah, she, she got, uh, she got Aaron, she got Flock. Yeah. She got, wow, yeah, you're right. <laughs> three for three. <laughs> My God. Incredible. Yeah, great shot. Uh, okay. What else? What else? Magath and Shadis, they also got got. They blew up together in order to take down the one ship that might be able to track down the team since they're going to another place in order to fix up the ship, the airship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was also, I think, fairly effective. Again, not too attached to the characters to where I'm like, oh no. But I think it was a good send-off for both of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. Uh-huh. You clearly have very enthusiastic opinions about them. I mean, I was never like a big Magath kind of guy. I liked seeing his journey toward the end. And Shadis is just barely in the show. And so I was like, hey, it's cool that they they gave each other props and then died, I guess. It's very true. Yeah, but, you know, true. Wasn't wasn't like, you know, for for it being like the second to last episode, it wasn't very, or the last episode, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like a big moment to me. That's fair. I guess. That's fair. What do you think about those, uh, those yeah. titans swimming? Those swimming titans? Yeah, that was the big moment in the finale episode, <laughs> seeing <Yeah>. them swimming. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so funny. Everybody, everybody imagined them stomping down on the seafloor, yeah. not them straight up, just swimming. It's hilarious. Like little submarines. Well, big <laughs> submarines. But yeah, they are uh, scurry. Very scurry. Indeed. And then we see the big blockade gets mm. absolutely annihilated. Yeah. 
and you see big old Aaron Yeager, all scary and giant whale like. God, he's huge. He is huge. He's a big guy. Be absolutely scary. He's he's Cthulhu. I mean that it'd be like seeing Cthulhu. Well, roll no, up Cthulhu on the is beach. like a big uh, octopus kind of creature. Well, I know, but I'm saying comparatively, like the terror that you would get from seeing Cthulhu. That's what they got from seeing Aaron. Well, I don't Mr. know. I worship Aaron. Cthulhu, so I guess it would be a, a pleasure. Oh, you would be praising him. him, yeah. That's yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord Cthulhu. <laughs> Oh, our Lord and Savior. There's got to be a couple of like whack job Eldian nuts who are like. It's probably true. Well, honestly, I would love to see that in like the third part is like he's stomping through and they get down on their knees and they pray to him as he crushes over them. That'd be kind of cool. They probably will do that. But also, I mean, tactically, that's probably your best bet. You might be like, oh, maybe he'll take mercy on me because he sees I'm an Eldian. And then you get squished. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I feel like my best bet is still just keep running until I die. Okay. I mean, I suppose. You know, I guess at some point you will accept your death, but it's, it's worth the fight, I suppose. Anyway, what did you think about that quote-unquote finale episode <laughs> where uh, where <laughs> where they they started off with a long flashback about how they first ended up on... Uh, what is the place called? The Marley? Yeah, Marley. Continent? Yeah. yeah, when they first got to Marley. I enjoyed it. Because I think it was... Again, touching on a lot of the core themes. Well, number one, it was a moment. Again, it was in a flashback, but it was a moment of getting to see our gang actually enjoying their time together, spending time together, and they discovered the joys of ice cream. So that was nice getting to see them explore these outside elements of the world that Mm -hmm. they never knew on that island. So I enjoyed all of that. And I also think the whole bit about the one little migrant boy coming up and then he stole something or was trying to steal something. He didn't even like actually go through Sasha's coin purse. Yeah. And then everyone around is trying to like punish him super severely. And our people are just trying to be like, no, 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 it's fine. Like we don't need to go that far. It's okay. And they end up helping him escape. All that was great. And then they capped it off with later on, the boys, like grandfather or whoever, invited them all over for dinner and drinks and a nice little celebration. It was mm-hmm. just all them spending time, having fun together. And that is the true spirit of humanity, or it's the best part of it. I was hoping that... you'd say Christmas. <laughs> the true spirit of <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> they all just start throwing up ornaments on the Christmas tree. An attack on Titan Christmas. <laughs> the Christmas yeah, special. Yeah, that's the Christmas special. God, I would love that. Are you kidding me? That would be the bomb. Have you seen the um, the Attack on Titan high school or middle school, the show that they do? No. There's like a little uh, show where it's all like the chibi animation and it's them in school. That's but it's funny. them, it, like their personalities are the exact same. Lily absolutely sings its praises. She thinks it's amazing. What do you I've not watched it, but okay. they should make a Christmas special and put it in that show. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that would definitely work. Um, but anyway, yeah, I love that they touch on this element of people getting together, community, family, friends, all of that stuff, instead of what we just saw before, like the ugliest part of humanity being immediately jumping to the worst conclusions, trying to destroy this kid's life for the mistake that he was making, like the mob 
rule that was going on there. Mm. So I love that they were able to have that contrast. And also, it was the first time we've seen Aaron smile in like a season or something. Yeah, man. He's Couldn't a he's sad boy. Yeah. But what do you think of it? I thought it was good. I thought it was uh, still disappointing because I wanted it to be over. I just wanted it to end. But I wonder uh, what to end like the, the show. show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted. I I just I was like, just, just give me the ending. Well, just you knew going into the episode that it wasn't going to be the end. No, I know. I'm just disappointed in general mm-hmm. about the whole situation. But the episode mm-hmm. itself, as a part two of a three part season finale, then I mean, yeah, it it does the setup kind of well. I wish they had done more with uh I mean I guess it's built up pretty cool where they're storming the Marley and, and they're crushing a couple of things. I feel like it could have been more brutal in like setting up what's gonna happen in, in part three. Cause like you look at the first episode of Attack on Titan and it is brutal. You look at the, the episode previous when they're killing all of the uh soldiers and it's brutal. And this one it's just kinda like the big ships are flying and they're getting destroyed and then they stomp on the land and they step on a couple of things and then it's over. I feel like it could have been a lot more like personal and brutal in showing how far Aaron has gone and how like engrossed in his way he is and how much of a villain he is like really, really nailing that uh, nail in the coffin. It's true. Character. Yeah. They could have done some parallels to that initial episode and have some boy in that town that they just arrived at running through the streets, trying to get to his mom as they all get crushed. That so would that parallel cool. to Aaron's story. And then showing like, well, that Aaron didn't make it out. That's how bad this man is. He's going all the way. I think that definitely would have been a nice way to cap it all off. They may, uh, I'm sure they'll do something similar to that in part three, but yeah, as a way That's to how just, they should open up part three. Yeah, for sure. That would be cool. There's a nice way to bookend that sort of, story there i think that'd be a nice way to take it um yeah what'd you think of mikasa and Aaron in this final episode what was their conversation about again it's been a while i watched it like (laughs) many many days ago and i've been drunk many times this week Aaron, several parties that i had to go to Aaron was like yo what am i to you and mikasa's blushing and she's like family and then that's when the dude shows up to say, hey, why don't you all right. come and get drunk? They with go me? get drunk, yeah. Family, <laughs> come on, Mikasa. And then she's like wondering, what if she had said the other thing that he said? That was so sad as well. She was like, would things be different if I just gave a different answer? Ugh. Do you think don't they would have been different? Mikasa. Don't blame yourself. Well, no, because Aaron apparently had this all planned out from wherever. So I don't think it would have changed. But that also, again, it still calls in a question. Like, does Aaron know where all this ends? He has to. And if he does, then why? Again, why is he going through with all of it if it doesn't end well for him? Because there's also no way knows... it ends well for him because Mikasa won't allow it. I mean, the way that I've seen it works is that, like, the Attack Titan is influenced by what he sees in the future, which creates the future that he sees. So sure. whatever he has seen is convinced him that that is the way to go, and so he will proceed into that future. So I'm I'm seeing that whatever is going to happen in the end, it is in the best interest of all of his friends that he continues in this path, whether or not he actually succeeds or not. 
which is yeah. very sad that he's seen that. that yeah, that was the thing as well. In this episode, he explicitly says the whole thing of, I just want you guys to live and be happy. And again, I don't really like that for Aaron's reasoning. I think it's much more compelling and it ties into his initial character of like the first few episodes where he was so hell-bent on freedom and saying, oh, we are livestock being within these walls. I don't want to be treated like cattle. I want freedom. He was never initially doing any of the things that he was doing, like trying to kill all the Titans back then, because he was like, oh, I want my friends and family to live a happy, healthy life. He was like, I feel horrible feeling like cattle. So that's why I'm going to destroy all these people that are making me feel like I'm imprisoned. Mm -hmm. So I know that to me felt like feels like a more consistent and compelling reason for Aaron to be doing what he's doing because it just doesn't make any logical sense. Again, I'm trying to be like rationalizing it, but if you're going to try and commit genocide, I mean, at least have it be somewhat logical. Obviously genocide is never logical, but a man is doing it for his friends, for them to be happy when in the pursuit of doing this, he's killed a few friends already, Sasha, he's made his friends hate him. Now they are actively trying to stop him. And they're probably going to end up, again, I, we don't know where the story goes, but they're either going to kill him or imprison him or shun him. Armin's going to nuke him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say goodbye, old friend. So yeah, one of those things is going to happen. So like, I guess maybe they'll be happy, but at some point after they get over all the grief and drama that you inflicted by trying to destroy the world as they have to save it. But like, there's not going to be a moment where they're, happy that you went and did all these things so it just doesn't make sense i don't get it you gotta find happiness in the little things ryan <laughs> in the little things of the genocide yeah come on man and then again i wrote there i was like they were happy exploring the outside world not destroying it they were finding happiness in the little things like the ice cream and spending time with these new people that they were meeting in the outside world they don't want the outside world destroyed they just want to be able to be at peace with it well, wouldn't he, couldn't he just like wipe their memories afterward? Well, that's what I was saying as well. I wrote a little later on in like the prediction section. Oh, look at that. Because he talked to Historia and he said, yo, here's my plan. I'm gonna kill everyone. And she goes, <laughs> you're crazy. So it was good that she said that. And then he says, we'll just chill out. And then I can wipe your memory after I get the founding Titan. And so... Number one, my thing is she still could have talked to the other people, all the yeah. scouts, and been like, "Weird that she didn't." Hey, he's kind of he was trying to say he wants to kill the world. You may need to know. Maybe about she was that. like, "Ah, uh, what a jokester!" He wasn't being serious. <laughs> That's <laughs> a funny prank right there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she should have. She wow. should have warned them for sure. Yeah, but I why she didn't? They they better give a reason for why she didn't. Maybe she yeah. like pondered on it, and maybe somehow she changed her mind. Maybe she's on Aaron's side, which would be even crazier. It would, but again, but she was like, that. it would make like the whole idea of her being like, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. I hate the world. But we see that her mind changed on that later on. Like she cared about Ymir who came from the outside world. So she knows herself. And she's also like her family was getting killed and whatnot because of all this mumbo jumbo, the revenge and whatnot. Like she knows personally how people can have their lives destroyed because other people were trying to take revenge for what other people did. And it just has a bunch of collateral damage. So I don't know why she would end up being okay with that on a global scale. It just doesn't make sense. But 
hopefully, yeah, like you said, we'll get an explanation for that. Mm. But they did, he mentioned memory wipe, like taking out her memories, which leads me to the question of he currently has the founding Titan powers. Why hasn't he already erased every Eldian's memory so that he can ensure that his friends or any other people that are trying to resist against him won't succeed? I got a feeling there's more to it. I got a feeling that like, Aaron's trying to do like a Watchmen thing where he's just trying to be the uh, the common enemy that they can all unite against. Well, I said that I like pose that as a thing, which I also think is stupid, but like logically for Aaron to do, it could be an interesting thing because that was the um, I forget his name, but they did the same thing in the Titan War where they came up with that hero Helios, I think it was that was the destroyer of the Titans or whatever. But he was yeah. completely fabricated. Like he was made up. He was just something they created in order to have people rally around. So it mm-hmm. could make sense that he is trying to serve as a common enemy. But you're already killing so many people. One, there's no guarantee. I guess he's seen the future. Who knows? But there's no guarantee that they'll be able to succeed in doing so. He, again, it's if you've already started destroying the world. People, I think, are going to be definitely more hesitant to want to find peace with the Eldians when they know they still have that power. Because if he doesn't destroy the Titan cycle, then technically this could always just happen again. So, I don't know. Like, it could be an interesting thing that that they do. But it'd be hard to pull that off and make it convincing. Yeah, I agree. I feel there's just a better way to go about it. Like, it could have just led with the diplomacy and trying to unite with the world without initiating the rumbling in the way that they did. But let's see. So, yeah. I'm still look, I'm still game to see how it ends. Yeah, do you have any predictions of what you think might happen in the next eight episodes that we get instead of the movie? I think they're going to kill Aaron. Like, Aaron's going to be pretty far into his genocide and then they're going to kill him and he's going to be the main bad guy. There's going to be peace. So are they going to do that or like everybody just dies? Well, so either peace or global Either peace death. and justice or mass genocide has succeeded. I mean, that's what it's got to be. You know, either he dies or he doesn't. Either there's, there's genocide or there isn't. Yeah, so I, I have think... labeled everything that could possibly happen. <laughs> that's true. I feel like for as tragic as the show is, I don't think it would end on a completely pessimistic note. So I think it'll... I also don't think it would go on a completely optimistic note. I think it's going to find somewhere in between. I think we're definitely going to see a lot of the world will get destroyed for sure. But I think it will prevent a global genocide. Like, I don't think it's just going to be the Paradise Paradise Island that are left over. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be other pockets of humanity that survive. Sure. But, yeah, I wonder where they'll go from there. Because, again, if the Titan cycle is continuing, then there's always that threat that this could happen again or that people could try and use those powers for evil. And that still leaves me wondering, because we know the past holders of the Attack Titan can be influenced by future holders. So who becomes the Attack Titan after Eren? Is it Falco? Is it Mikasa? 
And if it is, then why weren't they able to affect Aaron and prevent him from doing all that? Maybe they're the ones who convinced him to do it. <laughs> in the same way that Aaron convinced his father to, to do what he did. It's just a never-ending string is of the mastermind. genocidal people <laughs> convincing the other attack titans to go ahead and commit genocide. And it, it ends all the way like 100 years in the future with one mass genocidal crazy idiot who has just worked his way backwards in convincing people to commit genocide. And then he ends the, 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 the uh, Titan cycle. Wow. it so, would be crazy. And then be stunning. Yeah, so we'll end up seeing where it goes. I am confident that, like, they're going to have to do something with Mikasa and Eren. Either they, either he wipes her memory, which he, so with the Mikasa, with the Ackerman thing, we also learned that there is no, like, actual inherent drive to protect the royal people, mm -hmm. the royal bloodline. But, there is like something still going on with their blood to where they can't have their memories erased. Like that is still a thing that Ackermans yeah. have. Royal bloodlines can't have their memory erased. So she, so what if everybody forgets, but she remembers she's well, burdened with that curse. Right. She's that's what I'm saying. With it. I think it'd be much cooler if they did have that idea of like, Oh, the Ackermans are bound to protect the Royals, but like that's still not like even though that inherent drive is there, Mikasa is doing it out of love for Aaron. I think that'd be a more interesting thing because you could have her actively override that inherent drive in order to take out Aaron if that's what needs to happen. Or I guess now they have a setup of if Aaron erases everyone's memories, but not Mikasa, then she has to choose. Oh, do I go with him? Do I finally get to live out that fantasy of? being with him for the next four years after he's committed this genocide or do I try to set things right? So I, I think, think, I think that choice will Aaron definitely probably has to die no matter what. I, I think, think so in the end of it all, he's probably going to pass on. Agreed. I just think, again, there like needs to be some way to stop the Titans from continuing because if Mikasa just kills Aaron or eats Aaron and becomes the attack Titan, there's always a risk of, oh, well, this will get passed down. So, I don't know. We'll see. But I think definitely that sort of dynamic will be where we end off. Because that's where the show started, too. That was like the yep. opening image. So, mm -hmm. we will see. Alright, that is all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph Nick. Be sure to tune in next week. We love you all. Have a good rest of your week. Bye.